In a moment, we're going to get into our well-being conversation, looking at the link between uh, the quality of your relationship or just how good your relationship feels and is and the quality of your sleep. We also know that there is a link between uh, sleep issues um, and other serious conditions like heart disease, cancer, obesity, um, even, and I didn't realize until um, I was reading an article published by Peggy Sisa, the link between um, HIV um, and HIV care and treatment and the quality of your sleep. To join now on the line by Rostonic Sleep Specialist, Dr. Alison Bentley, uh, joining us on the line. Dr. Bentley, it's always great to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for your time. So, um, quite an interesting article I saw recently. I think it was published by Peggy Sisa. And they were making the connection between uh, sleep and um, the link to the management of various uh, conditions. They listed mm. things like diabetes, heart disease. Um, they listed uh, HIV. And I didn't realize there was a link there. So, what role does our sleep, whether it is good sleep, not so good sleep have an ability to manage other uh, chronic diseases or even our ability to develop those chronic diseases mm. well it's a been it's a link that's gradually getting more and more information behind it you know i mean there's been this think think thinking about sleep you know that kind of, um that went well you know you can sleep when you're dead you don't really need to sleep it's like something you have to do so do the minimum you have to kind of thing um, and the evidence is coming through quite strongly now is that, I mean, in a nutshell, what you do at night when you sleep is you service the car, the car being your body and your brain. That's, that's what you do. And so things are repaired, things are sorted out, waste products are got rid of. Um, and so it's, it's a really good time and a very necessary time for the brain and the body. Mm-hmm. And if you don't sleep well, and that means you don't get enough hours, all the hours that you get are poor quality, but whatever it is, you know, when you start your day, you start in sleep debt, as in you haven't slept properly and you haven't slept out. So if you start in sleep debt every day, for whatever reason that is, whatever whatever disease you're kind of destined to get, and I mean, we never know what it is until it kind of comes at us, do we? So whatever disease we're destined to get kind of comes faster because the, the body is not replenished, the body's kind of a bit run down, and it's like servicing a car. If you don't service your car regularly, something crashes and it crashes sooner than it should. So, you know, I mean, sleep, sleep, poor sleep has been linked to cardiovascular disease, heart disease, um, diabetes, dementia, depression, you know, liver disease, a whole lot of, whole lot of things. And it's really not anything once, it turns out it's not something specific. It turns out that it's kind of, anything that 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 you that you're likely to get mm. and uh, that's the bad news and dr <laughs> bentley you say so it's not just enough to be sleeping as in getting the hours so whether it is you know seven yeah. hours eight hours nine hours it is it has to be a good six hour well six i think is like the bare minimum that's if you can't get any mm. more than that but it's not just enough to get the sleep it has to be good sleep so quantity and yes. quality are important Absolutely. I mean, there's two main big sleep disorders. One is sleep apnea and the other one is leg movements. And what they do is fragment your sleep. So they wake you up often during the night. Not that you know you've woken up. I mean, this is, and this is a tricky thing. So when we talk about sleep apnea and, you know, you kind of close your throat off and your brain wakes you up, 
And patients will always say to me, oh, I don't wake up at night. And then we do a test, you know, to see how bad the apnea is. And I go, guys, you're waking up at 200 times a night, but you just don't know you're waking up because it's so brief. It's just to restart that airflow, you know, just to start moving air again. And then you go back to sleep again. So the wake up might be two seconds. But I mean, you do that 200 times a night, you're not going to get, you're not going to get quality sleep because your brain can't. Because it's kind of making a decision like breathing or sleeping because it's battling to do both together. And so the, card, the, the key symptom is that you sleep your seven hours and you wake up in the morning and you go, I feel like I haven't slept. I feel like I need to sleep another two hours. Mm. That's a really important symptom because what people tend to do is they go, oh, maybe it's because I'm stressed at work. Oh, maybe it's because, you know, I'm, I'm going through menopause or I'm getting older or something like that. And they don't necessarily recognize it as being a medical issue rather a lifestyle issue. And so we received an, an SMS, a WhatsApp message here that says, for me to sleep, I have to drug myself. And I went and and when I have something worrying, I can't sleep and I have to pee every so often. Would that be mm. an example of sleep that's both the quality is not great and the quantity is not great? What happens when we medicate to sleep? I know I take a sleeping pill. And again, mm. that's also very seldom restful sleep. I'll sleep. I mean, eventually I pass out. But there are very few times where I wake up and I think, mm, that was great sleep. I'm feeling fresh today. Well, that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that you may not feel great when, when, when you wake up in the morning. Now, the issue with sleeping tablets is tricky because if you have, if you have insomnia and, and you're battling to fall asleep, then if you don't take that tablet, you get very few hours, mm. okay? And so there's a definite quantity problem. If you take the tablet, you do tend to get more hours and you sometimes get a lot better sleep than you would if you didn't have the tablet. So sometimes that's a good thing, right? But it, there are some of the sleeping tablets which don't give you the same quality. Um, look, it's much better quantity. So it's, it's kind of a trade-off, you know, that you're making. That you say, listen, at least I'm getting hours, which I wouldn't get before, but maybe it's not 100% quality. The newer sleeping tablets, I mean, what we call the Z-drugs, generally tend not, not to give you poor quality. They actually give you decent quality sleep as well. So you may be getting better quality, but some of them, um, some of the sleeping tablets work for a long time. And so when you get up in the morning, you can still feel a bit drugged from the sleeping tablets. Um, and so if you're in a situation where you wake up and you feel a bit tired, but it kind of goes after an hour or two, that's probably an after effect of the medication. If you wake up tired and pretty much tired the whole day, then it may be, for example, that your, your the sleeping tablet is, is not able to hide one of the problems that's there, which may be causing the sleep problem in the first place. Or if you have sleep apnea, it's making it a little bit worse. So it's quite complicated. Sorry, I'm not sure I'm clarifying things and making it clearer. No, I think it makes sense, doctor. A question for you here from Malose, uh, who says, Hi, doctor. I'm 69 years old. I fall asleep within three minutes, but my deep sleep is only about two hours. From there, my mind will be wandering, but no worries of anything. What can I do to have more hours of deep quality sleep? That's a message from mm. Malose. Well, I mean, you're absolutely correct. The first two to three hours are what we call core sleep. And there's, if you're able to fall asleep, 
most people will sleep those four to three to four hours. There's virtually nothing that can interfere with that. Pretty much severe pain is the only thing that can break that. So we tend to get those hours. But we need to be very careful that we're not giving the brain too much time to sleep after that. So particularly as we get older, our sleep tends to get lighter, tends to get a little bit shorter. And often we need to go to bed a lot later so that we give the brain, you know, only six hours, for example, to sleep instead of 10. So what people with insomnia often do is go to bed earlier so that they've got more time to get more sleep. But unfortunately for the brain, it's a bit like us. So if we have a whole clear Saturday, we go, oh, I'm going to get so much done. And then we get nothing done because we just like have the whole day. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, but if we get three hours, we kind of go, oh, I've got to like, move because I've only got three hours and we get a whole ton of stuff done. Same thing with the brain. If you give it nine hours in bed and you only need six hours of sleep, the way that sum works is you're going to spend three hours awake. And so often what's better is to go to bed later or wake up earlier, put the brain under pressure, and then you might go back to sleep. Mm. Certainly if you wake up and you're battling to sleep, and we're talking 15 minutes that you're kind of tossing and turning, and particularly if you kind of get that flip in your head and you go from being sleepy, sleepy to being wide awake, then, then the best thing to do is to get out of bed. Get out of bed, go and do something else. We're not talking about, you know, running or having coffee or something in the middle of the night. What we're talking about, get up and read, get up and do something else, you know, to kind of distract your head and allow the sleepiness to come back. Because once the sleepiness comes back, much easier to go back to sleep again. Mm. And so what happens, for instance, I know this happens to me a lot. I will go to bed and my plan is I'm going to wake up at... Mm, say I want to wake up at six o'clock, but for whatever reason, I wake up at four o'clock or as is the case often with me, I'll wake up at mm. three o'clock. And because it's earlier than when I planned to wake up, I then try to go back to sleep. Is that always a yeah. good idea? Or if my body then goes, I'd wanted to wake up at six, but my body wakes me up at four or whatever time. Is it wise to try get that last two hours that I'd planned for? Or should I just get up and start my day? So it depends. So, I mean, yes, you should try to get that, those last two hours. I mean, I think it's important to understand that um, we wake up all through the night. I mean, we don't, there's no such thing as a solid eight hours without waking. We, our sleep is, is structured into little sleep cycles, which are, as an adult, about an hour and a half long. Those people who have young children will know that it's an hour long because if they have a sleep problem, they wake up every hour on the hour. And that's their, that's their cycle length. Ours is an hour and a half. So every hour and a half we wake up anyway. But we usually don't remember it. So we wake up and it's a couple of seconds and we go back to sleep again. But the wake up, whether it's the wake up after three hours, so the wake up after core hour sleep, or the wake up at three o'clock in the morning, maybe just one of those natural wake ups. But people who wake up regularly at three, four o'clock in the morning and can't go back to sleep again, often that's a sign of kind of chronic stress. Mm. So I see it in people who are kind of heading for burnout. Um, for me, it's my burnout signal. So if I'm doing too much and I start waking up at four o'clock every morning, I go, whoa, need to cancel something because doing too much, you know, that's my kind of signal. So sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's just an incidental thing that happens. So certainly what you do, try to go back to sleep again. Give yourself 15 minutes to go back to sleep. If you're not asleep, get up. If you don't feel sleepy again, that may be the start of your day. But it's healthier to get up than to lie in bed panicking about your sleep. I mean, if you're able to lie in bed and just to enjoy, you know, another hour of lying in bed, then that's fine. 
But if you're lying in bed panicking about now there's only an hour, now there's only half an hour, now there's only this, then that's not a healthy behavior around sleep. Better to get up and understand that the next night you're likely to sleep a whole lot better because now you're short of a couple of hours of sleep. Doctor, you mentioned that uh, for all of us, that it's very seldom that we're sleeping straight through the night. So you get into bed mm-hmm. at 10, you're only then going to wake up at 6. But we have a message here. Solly says, morning, doctor. I do sleep, but I pee too frequently through the night. Um, mm-hmm. Is that normal where you're having to get up every so often to go to the bathroom? Or is that also a form of something? something's happening with your sleep? Well, it might, it might be both. So, I mean, the thing is that it does depend how much you drink before you go to bed. And I'm not talking alcohol, I'm just talking water. I mean, so if you, but I'm including alcohol. So if you drink a lot and there's a lot of liquid, then obviously you're more likely to go to the toilet during the night. But I mean, you know, most people were dry in bed at five when they were five years old and they didn't need to pee during the night. So um, if it suddenly comes back, it can be a number of things. It can be older men who get prostate issues and it's harder to get rid of urine and so they may need to pee more often. Um, going to the toilet often at night is a sign of sleep apnea. So it, uh, because, because of the changes that occur in the heart and the perception of the heart that there's too much blood in the system, which is incorrect, but it's just one of the features of sleep apnea that you tend to need to go to the toilet um, during the night. So it can be. So I think the important thing is to say, is this associated with anything else? Are you snoring? Has anybody said that you stopped breathing? Do you wake up feeling tired? I mean, what's, you know, what's incorrect is to say, I wake up to go to the toilet four times, therefore I'm tired in the morning. Mm. That's, not what, that not, that's not what's making you tired. There's something else making you go to the toilet, and that's what's making you tired during the night. So I think it is worthwhile going to see somebody and saying, look, I need to get this, I need to know if there's anything that's causing this because the going to going to the toilet in the middle of the night may not be the problem. Um, diabetes, for example, will also make you go to the toilet more often at mm. night. Mm. Um, but to look at what else could be there that's that's causing you to go to the toilet. The other thing I imagine that could impact your sleep is who you share your bed with, so your partner. So say they are the person mm. with the sleep apnea, or you know they're going yeah. to the bathroom a lot, or they're snoring, or they're a particularly restless sleeper, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I imagine that has quite a big impact on your quality of sleep. Even if your sleep is okay, if you're sharing a bed with someone whose sleep isn't okay, that's going to uh, impact the quality of your sleep. Yeah, absolutely, you can do. So, the, you know, we all know, I mean, sleep apnea starts with snoring. So, um, and I think many of us have slept with people who snore. Um, and how disruptive that can be, particularly if they fall asleep before you, um, and you then go to bed and there's this really loud noise, it can be really difficult to go to sleep with. But everything that you mentioned, whether they're restless sleepers, whether they're getting up often during the night, um, particularly if they're going to bed um, but after you and you go to sleep and then they come to bed and they wake you up at that time. So it, it can be, it can be quite tricky sleeping um, with somebody else, particularly if you're not used to doing that. I mean, there's lots of people grow up sleeping with other people in the same room, growing up with sleeping with other people in the same bed and you kind of get used to sleeping with somebody else there um, but lots of people don't and so when they suddenly sleep with somebody they kind of go oh this is really different and sometimes really hard um, And but I mean we all know people as well who sleep very quickly sleep through the night, nothing seems to bother them and they wake up the next morning 
I mean, interesting study that I saw at a conference ages ago was that women who sleep with men who have sleep apnea, most are on the very likely to complain of like body pain when they wake up in the morning. So it's kind of like, you know, just not happy mm-hmm. <laughs> body pain. Um, and that's caused by their sleep being interrupted that they didn't even know about. But their sleep being interrupted by the noise and the restlessness of their partner having sleep apnea and therefore they are not servicing the car properly and it presenting with just like the flu kind of, you know, just wake up in the morning and just kind of some pain, mm. general muscle pain. So then it so sounds... Yeah, it can be quite an impact. It sounds as though there is some value in couples trying to improve their sleep together, both for themselves and I guess as the unit. Yeah, I think I think it's important for if there's one one person in the couple that has that is impacting the sleep of the other um, because of, 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 you know, sleep apnea or things that are going on. It's important for that person to accept that it's not their fault, um, that the, the partner is not trying to be mean, mean to them, but that there is actually an importance in getting their own sleep good because it impacts them, not just their partner. So, you know, the patient with sleep apnea and snoring, they may, their sleep might be being impacted but they may not recognize it. So they'll often say, I wake up tired in the morning. That's because my wife like woke me up all the night because I was snoring. Mm. And I'm kind of going, God, if you have to sleep apnea, you're waking up hundreds more times than your wife is waking you up. And that's, that's not really what's making you tired. It's this other thing that's, that's happening. And for your own health, you need to handle that. Not, it's not just the, your wife complaining. Uh, a final question here from Madinga says, Good morning, doctor. Is it true that sprinkling lavender essential oil can assist with inducing sleep? Yeah, so there's many things that have been found to help people sleep. Lavender is one of them. Chamomile tea is another. There's a whole lot of other herbal things that, that can help um, people sleep. But, and, 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 and they do work. I mean, they've been shown to, to assist in falling asleep. But importantly, they're not going to fix insomnia. So once you've got a sleeping problem and you have some anxiety about going to sleep, it's unlikely that things like lavender and herbal things are actually going to fix it because it may be um, insomnia moves into a zone where it's an independent problem. There is nothing causing it except anxiety about sleep itself. So, yes, so you're welcome to use those kind of things. They do tend to help. They do tend to like just cut. Often it's because you get into bed and you smell it and you get distracted by the smell and you just take these nice big breaths because the the smell is so nice and that helps you fall asleep. Dr. Bentley, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Bye. That is Dr. Alison Bentley, who's a Rastonic sleep specialist, joining us to talk about how the quality of sleep can affect your health and your relationship. How would you describe your sleep? Do you sleep like a king, no complaints, or are you lucky if you get a few hours of sleep a night?